Bill, how are we doing today? Good, Glenn. Good. Christian, Lou, how's it going? Good. So uh, what do you do on, uh, on bye weekend when you get a few days off? Do you get totally away from this and get your head absorbed in something other than football? Or do you sit there and start going over Jets film? What do you do? Yeah, a little bit of both. It's good to uh, get ahead a little bit. Um, but it's also good to forget about football for a can, few hours. Can you yeah. decompose? <laughs> a few hours. I was going to say, can you decompose? Like you're Wednesday. in the middle of the football season. It seems to me like your head is in football, football, football. How the hell do you decompose for even a couple days? Yeah, well, it's it's not that hard. Yeah, really. Yeah, there's definitely a saturation level. It's good to good to back it off for a little bit and then then get refreshed. Do you get away for a couple of days? Uh, a little bit, maybe a day. Yeah. yeah, I know. I know. Any time's a good time for a bye week, but I I used to love the bye week when it when it came after the eighth game, like that halfway point, right? And you guys have six what six games left in the regular season where really guys are getting healthy at the right time. I mean, is that the ideal scenario for you? You know, is having like a – I guess I, I guess I would be a short push, right? Because um, I remember one time we had it that for the second game when yeah. I was in Seattle. It was a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, well, they gave it to us early there. Um, in 2001, they gave it to us the last week. <laughs> That's right. Have you ever seen a team who has it like – I want to say the San Diego Chargers one year had it – their first week was a bye week, like years <laughs> ago. Yeah. So they went 16 straight, went right out of camp – had a bye week yeah, and then went good six. Good is that, right? Kind of defeats the purpose, doesn't it? I mean, do you have any control? I no. mean, can you like no? They just it's all based. Well, the on only the only control you have is if you play in the uh, Europe game, then you get it the following week. So when we played uh, Tampa and the Rams in London, we had it the following week. Remember that was Hurricane Sandy mm-hmm. one year, and uh, but uh, you're right. Anytime's a good time. Whenever you get it, you get it. So. Uh, be happy with it and um, move on. So the the Jets, obviously Jet Week, big week for you guys. But do you, with the t- extra time, do you spend any time looking ahead, any homework looking ahead to maybe that following week, or or is it all just about the Jets, like an extra week and a half, two weeks for the Jets? Well, the way the schedule falls, although the Jets have played a couple teams that were going to play, so they played Buffalo last week. We still have them. They played Miami a couple weeks ago. We have them. Uh, they played Minnesota. We have them. So. Uh, there's some crossover games there that as we uh, watch the Jets, we also see somebody else. Do you sit down and watch that Minnesota game last night like the rest of us do, or do you just say, I'll see it later on? I, I saw some of it, yeah. I, I lasted till about uh, the third, middle of the third quarter, and that was all I could. Couldn't, couldn't last longer than that. <laughs> did, did you gain anything from like Chris Collinsworth, like the the analysts, like when they're breaking stuff down, you're like, ooh, that's a good point. Do you do you watch it as a fan or are you critiquing as you go? Yeah. Uh, it's hard to TV scout. Occasionally they give you some good insight. You know, they talk to somebody and um, maybe they comment on, well, this is uh, how the coach said we were going to do this or this is how players said we're going to do that. But I'd say for the most part, that's just as a fan, you're just kind of watching it. So you talked last week about first week of the bye week is getting your own act together, your own team. So getting healthy would be the biggest positive going forward. But what else do you believe is something you need to do here if you're going to be successful and reach your goal? Well, the big thing we want to do is just try to improve, and we can do that in every area. So we've looked at those um, offensively, defensively, special teams, running game, passing game. Uh, fundamentals, tendencies, so forth. So uh, I think we'll take action where we can this week. Some of those things that we looked at won't apply this week. Some of them will, 
and um, we'll just take it week by week here. How important is that? We were talking about this earlier. How important is the running game? You had a game in which you took a wide receiver and you used him as a, a running back because you had injuries. How important is establishing that running game to take the pressure off of Brady and your passing game, to be able to make that defense play honestly, Bill, and open up what we believe is a really potent offense? Well, if it's uh, if you can be successful at it, it's good. I don't personally believe that you do something just to do it, just for the sake of doing it. Um, our goal is to move the ball and score points. So if we're doing that, if they're all runs or if they're all passes, that, that doesn't really matter to me as long as we move the ball and score points. Um, if they're balanced, that's fine too. So we'll we'll just have to see. Again, some of that depends on where we're at. Some of it depends on what we're seeing from our opponents. Is it important, though, to get – the defense of the opponent to respect what you're doing in a running game. If they know that you can't run or they don't feel that you're capable of doing it. Well, if they're not defending the run, then you've got to be able to run it. That's right. right. And, if they, and if you can't, then they'll continue to not defend it, and you'll probably be throwing against something that you don't want to throw at. Um, but if they're going to put everybody on the line of scrimmage and, and have more guys than you can block up there, I don't know how many times you want to run it in there for no. one yard just to say, well, we ran it. I don't, I don't really think that is the answer. You know, I know. I think last week you, you, people were asking you, reporters were asking you about special teams and kick returns and uh, where you guys rank, and it's just not normally a Patriot team. I think it was 29th in kick return. The new rule, not being able to run up, how much of a role is that playing into it versus obviously just being better at it, coaching it up better, but just not being able to run up, is that affecting the kick returns, those guys getting uh, more of a return because of it? Well, I think the rules have affected the return game um, a little bit, but it, we're all playing on the same rules, so we just we have to do a better job of coaching and and playing and executing than what we have. But more, maybe more so in the past, do you think of well, we got a guy that can kick out of the end zone. Let's just do that, start at twenty five, and go from there. Uh, well, that's um, again that that's a possible strategy. I would say there's uh, times that we're going to be playing in the next six weeks. Well, that just wouldn't be possible because the weather. Yeah. yeah, and I think the last six games, uh, well, five of the six anyway, we played one in Miami, but five of the six are in potentially cold weather days uh, with wind. So um, that may affect the kicking game more than what it has in some of the previous ten that we've played. Uh, so we'll we'll have to see how that goes. There's no way to predict it, but it's certainly a possibility, something we have to be more aware of than um, you would be in, like, in your September games. Is that for the special teams? Is it specifically kickoff and kickoff return? Is it one of those situations? Is it more scheme or is it personnel or is it a, a mix of the two? Uh, no, I think we have enough players. I think we uh, we've been good at times. We just haven't been consistent. So we have to we have to coach it better. We have to we have to execute it better. And we're going to be seeing good returners certainly this week with Roberts. But we'll be seeing good returners here all the way um, through till the end of the season. So. Our coverage units are going to be challenged every week, um, which they normally are in the National Football League, but they certainly will be the next six weeks. So we'll find out where we're at. When when there's no tackling, you know, really at all anymore, and especially how tough it is to, I guess, coach up, how do you – I'm just trying to, you know, how do you coach these guys up as far as just making it work when you can't physically tackle them? Because tagging off is one thing on a guy that's running, you know, a 4-4 or whatever – and actually trying to tackle that guy in space is a whole other thing. Is there a s specific way that you guys go about teaching them how to handle those situations? 
Uh, well, we work on tackling every day, so um, yeah, we. I mean, we we work on it, we emphasize it, and and you know, we got to do a better job of it. But we we work on it every day since first day of training camp, uh, since even in the spring. It's the most important fundamental there is running and tackling. So um, we we constantly work on those. This is a random question, and I, I had a debate. I had a debate with this guy about this uh, like last week. Okay, you're the first guy down. Uh, you're a gunner or whatever. You're the first guy down um, on the punt team. Wide open space. Um, would the would you throw at a guy and almost burn that guy down just to make the the, the running back uh, the uh, the punt returner kind of move around and slow down, or would you expect that person to, I guess, break down and try to make a tackle? Like, what's what's the coaching point there? Throwing at a guy right away like a bullet, like a missile, just to try and see if you can make a play, or should that person break down right beforehand? Well, I think there's a little bit of a gray area there. It depends on how how good of a shot you have at the runner. But let's just say you don't say he has a little bit of time and space to avoid you. Then what we would want to do is is maintain uh, some type of leverage on the runner. So you're in, so where you're diving at the person would. It would be fine yeah, as so long as you want to send them like to the sideline. That's right. So if I'm on the right side of you, um, I want to keep him from going to my right and push him back to the left because any teammates that I have, if they see me over there, they kind of expect me to hold that leverage. And if I lose it, then they've committed to another spot, and now I've lost what I have, and now who takes that over? So, So I was technically right. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Well, you yeah. did say it was a gray I said, area. I said dive. I'd, I'd, like to, I'd like to hear what the other guy said in this. <laughs> argument. It doesn't that, matter. That might pay off. Uh, people have been asking you about ball distribution because it looks a little bit different than what we've seen in the past. You've always said that Tom Brady throws to the open guy. There are certain things in certain way that we we play, but we want to go to the open guy. Do you feel to this point that's the way the ball has been distributed, or is that something that you feel needs to be improved on? Well, I think we can do better in, in every area, running game, passing game, run defense, pass defense, special teams. So we, we've addressed everything, uh, looked at everything, and talked to each of our players about areas that they can improve in. And um, hopefully we'll have more production in the passing game. Hopefully we'll have more production in the running game. Hopefully we'll score more points. Is, is there a guy so far, just call it the midway point, that's uh, lived up to expectations or actually exceeded your expectations based on what you thought they were capable of doing uh, when the season started? Uh, I don't know. I've really thought about that, uh, Christian. I'd say right now, what our mentality is is where everybody, wherever anybody is right now, uh, coaches, players, whatever their role is, um, let's try to move past it and move into higher ground. Let's try to improve by five, ten percent. Uh, each one of us, all seventy of us, including the coaches and practice squad players, seventy-five, however many it is, let's all of us try to improve five, ten percent. What can what can we do better? How can we? Uh, contribute more or contribute at a higher level than we're contributing right now. And I think if we all do that, the team will benefit greatly. So, Coach, uh, Matt Patricia had his team coach outside in the snow, and the next five games are all indoors. You guys is different. You guys have to perform in that weather. But when you go out and practice in bad weather rather than, say, indoors, is it more than just preparing for cold weather? Do you do that, too, to test your guys, like mentally, kind of to find out, guys, I don't want to hear you make complaining, bitching, making excuses. Is that part of the reasons why you would do something like that as well? Uh, well, the majority of our games are outdoors, Lou, so whatever whatever the conditions are, they are. We can't control them. So if we practice in them, I think eventually we're going to play in them. Um, I don't know when. It might be this week. It might be next week. 
might be next year. Uh, again, those things are not, not that easily predictable, but at some point we're going to face wind, we're going to face cold, we're going to face heat, we're going to face the sun, we're going to have to, you know, we're, we're going to have to deal with all those conditions. So we go out there and practice in them so that whenever they come up, then we're ready for them. You will face the sun because you're playing at one o'clock. You're playing at four. Well, four o'clock might. Well, be I'm just difficult. saying, like handling kicks in the sun and yeah. that type of thing. Yeah. You know, that, yeah. that came up Catching in the balls. Chicago yeah. game. Been doing that. So yeah, how so. different? How different do you coach? And you've had great success in December, in late November. How different do you coach? Because you're playing against, uh, you know, in the cold weather, and you might be playing against some teams that are not accustomed to playing in the cold weather. How different do you coach in this weather as opposed to earlier in the season? Well, sometimes the weather affects what you can or can't do, so you have to take that into consideration. Um, but ultimately, it comes down to the players and their ability to execute uh, the plays. So if we can execute them, great. If we can't execute them, then we pull them out and, and uh, try to do something that we can't execute. So uh, throwing 50-yard post patterns into a 20-mile-an-hour wind, is that's not the time for that play. Maybe it's when you're going in the other direction or – what have you so throwing outside uh routes if if you have a swirling tough wind uh like we had in buffalo sometimes those limit the number of throws or the type of throw that a quarterback can make out there so it changes the way you might defend it and also changes what you call on that maybe adjust the route instead of running out route maybe you run a uh, a shorter route that's a hitch that's a little tighter throw that's a little more direct throw for the quarterback as an example Will you guys change up the schedule this week because it's Thanksgiving? You guys work that day, you know, put in a bunch of work beforehand, and come back on Friday. What's yeah, this? we'll try to get ahead a little bit so we don't aren't doing as much on Thanksgiving. Uh, well, all right. Well, this is uh, this is our question. Drive of the week. Love. This is uh, one this week. You know, we're gonna wrap things up with our Mercedes Benz drive of the week. Yeah, was that your favorite great. part? Yeah, it was great. That was a good drive. Well, I guess I'll end with this. I had this debate with uh, Little Earl over here. That's his nickname, if you're wondering. Um, and you know, a lot of a lot of these analysts put so much faith in all these different you know companies that pro football focus and you know Statcast or whatever it is. And I was at, I was thinking that the only way you can really get the true analysis of whether a guy is good or not is if the coach gives you the answers. Like the coach is going to have to give you a grade on that player because only you know if he was doing the right thing or not, if he should have caught the ball or not. So how does that guy know? Do you think there'll come a point <laughs> well, that, that at some point in time that where your guys' grades will be public knowledge? <laughs> yeah, well, I would just uh, – my, my, I don't know why you're laughing at that question. No, I like it. Uh, no, it, look, it's, I think it's a great question. So you see, yeah. a, you see a play on film and um, a receiver goes uncovered down the field. So you know that it's probably one of two guys' mistakes. But you don't necessarily know which guy it is, right? Yeah. And so, but a lot of times you see the announcers say, well, you know, Fourier should have taken him or Belichick should have taken him. And I'm looking at the play saying, well, it could have been either guy. It just depends on what the call was and what they were doing. A lot of times we look at our plays and we see a mistake there. Maybe maybe we come off the field and, um, you know, a guy makes a tackle in the backfield and we're like, oh my God, this guy made a mistake. And then he tells us that, well, no, at the line we called something else, and so it wasn't him. It was actually another guy. So, and a lot of times on film we see that. We see a mistake, and then we say, well, you know, we have to go back and hear what the call was before we can – we know somebody's wrong here, but it just depends on what the call was as to which guy's right and which guy's wrong. 
And so a lot of times we don't know what happened until Monday. We know there's a problem on the play, but until you actually talk to the players and say, okay, what happened on this play? Oh, I thought he said this, or, oh, I, you know, he said it, I didn't hear it, or he said this, but I played that, whatever it is. So um, you're right. In terms of analytics, you, you get a lot of, you know, this guy should have them, that guy should have them. But I, I know from our team there are times when we don't know exactly what went wrong uh, <laughs> until you can really sort the play out. So there's no way anybody else could know is, is the point. And that's um, uh, sometimes what it looks like is not – what it is um and then you often see uh, you know players uh defensive backs somebody gets behind the defense for a touchdown and they kind of pull off or don't chase because they don't want to really be chasing the guy because it looks like it was their guy <laughs> you know that type of thing uh you know so there there are some plays like that that kind of definitely skew it and a lot of times they're big plays so um it's an interesting question and it's an interesting point about you know who who's at fault who does what um, and it's, it's pretty, actually pretty common for that to be, um, it's pretty frequent that that comes up. So like a lot of times you have the, the center slides one way on pass protection, right? So you have a center guard and a tackle blocking a defensive tackle and a defensive end, right? So you're mm-hmm. three on two. And so if one of those guys comes inside, you know, there's, you just have to know what the rule is and it might be different from our team to the next team as to. Is the tackle turning that guy over to the guard, or is he staying with him? Is the guard turning that guy over to the center, or is he staying with him and the center's helping him? You know, so is it is it two on one, or is it I let him go to the next guy and then I I you know push out? So um, and again, unless you know exactly how that's being coached and what the guy what what they're supposed to do, then it's hard to know uh, who who's right and who's wrong. So Same thing happens on punt protection as well. You know, you see guys come through, and and a lot of times it's like, oh well, this guy should have blocked them. But depending on what the rules are on the punt protection and what the rush was, in other words, is he going to stay on the down guy or are we going to area the down guy and the stack guy? Um, could be There could be two different ways to do it, and, and you, you might not know exactly who was responsible for what until you, you know how it's coached. Well, I was going to say, and, and sometimes you just got to trust the player because you were mic'd up one time on that touchdown pass from Gordon, the Brady threw to Gordon, and you even asked him coming off, who did you throw it to? <laughs> And I'm sure he would never admit that he was over overthrew Jules, right? <laughs> so of course he's going to admit that no, I didn't overthrow him. It was a perfect pass. So you got to trust the player sometimes. Yeah, and, and which yeah, which I do. It's just when I saw Julian jump for the ball, I thought that he thought it was going to yeah. him, and then it kind of went over, and then it was sort of it was a little short for uh, Gordon and a little long for for Julian. Um, but then when I went back and watched the play on film, I, th- I think Tom was definitely throwing to Gordon. Yeah. But on the field at the time, I wasn't sure. I mean, it's unusual to have two guys open like that. You're hoping for one. Yeah. And, you know, luckily we had two there. So we in the media, we get it wrong all the time because we don't know exactly what the specific assignments are. Glenn, we get it wrong, yeah. too. We're watching yeah. another team right. on film, and we've watched all their plays, and, and we're still at times not sure exactly who was supposed to do what. But I'll say this, if you see a certain player involved in multiple plays like that, it doesn't really matter what it was supposed to be. It's probably they're just going to have problems with it because, you know, a certain player is involved in multiple mistakes. Um, whatever the call was that, you know, you just want to keep putting the stress on that that player, maybe those, that combination of players. Uh, for example, when you have linebackers that are moving out into combinations with defensive backs, a lot of times the linebackers – uh, because he's not a defensive back and he's not in there with the defensive backs all the time, and he's involved in a three-on-three or, 
or a four on three situation, sometimes he'll he'll make the mistake. Whereas if it was three DBs or four DBs, they'd have a better line of communication right. or better anticipation of what the call was going to be, how to handle it. So Christian wants to solve all the, um, the inequities in the world. And what he wants you to do is you as a coach, instead of having report cards by the media, he wants you to give a report card in each player, even the negative grades. I'm not sure you're going to do that. Is that, is that well, safe you to know, say? You're not doing that? I mean, it, it, I know, Christian, you know, you've sat in a lot of those meetings. And um, and sometimes uh, you, you kind of run into conflict as a coach where you, you look at the play and, all right, so let's say defensively, you know, the end is, he sort of does his job. The tackle sort of does his job. Linebacker sort of does his job. The linebacker sort of does his job. And he gains six yards. And you're like, wait a minute. Like everybody's – they're kind of doing what they're supposed to do. Like there's nobody here that's really bad. But they just gained six yards, and you know we can't have like every play can't gain six yards, and everybody does does their job right. So then there's got to be a little bit higher standard of you know what's 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 a, what's a high grade or what's an acceptable grade and what isn't, and that's a fine line. It really is because the players can go out there and and do their job, and then they could do a great job of it. They could do a like you know solid job, and or it could be well, it's not perfect but it's kind of okay and then of course there's the obvious one that it's just you know it's you, you get beat disaster that's yeah well so and, and we all get beat so that that's but i'd say there's a gradation in there between you know grade to you know a b and c let's call it so you know maybe c's a passing grade but are you really going to win playing c football you know b is good might be good enough sometimes a you know you're looking at that but it's hard to get straight a's out there i mean you got some other a players too so um, it, it, the grading part of it's a fine line. It, it really is. Do, uh, does each coach grade differently? Sure. Well, uh, or do you give them a, a template? So this is the way. So you can evaluate them, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, well, I think each must. So each each uh, let's call it minus is you know has a comment with it so that you can identify again. Well, maybe this wasn't this was a minus, but I, I might look at it and say, well, you know, it wasn't really that bad. I mean, he. Didn't quite get it the way, but he's trying, and it was, you know, just one of those things that, you know, whatever happened. But it didn't, it didn't go. And then there are other ones that are just, they're just bad plays, or they're really, really good plays. But all I'm saying is, there's a lot of gray in there between uh, some pluses and minuses, and between, you know, how players are graded. And you get these organizations that that grade all the players. And to me, I'm thinking to myself, I mean, I have a hard time grading the players, and I know what the call is. There are other things that happen on the field that um, that override that by a lot, and until you know what those are, you can't really grade accurately. You ever had a guy with a perfect perfect score? Well, look, if you're a corner, um, you know you might only be involved in five plays a game. I mean, it's not like you're playing nose tackle. Game ball, perfect score. Well, well, but you know, it's not my fault. They're scared of me, coach. They yeah. won't throw my way. Yeah, sometimes so, there you know no opportunities. Yeah. thing you know. So if you know, there's some players that are involved in a lot of plays. You know, middle linebacker yeah. or a center or guard. I mean, they're every single play goes through them. And then there are other plays. Um, uh, you have defensive ends. I mean, if the ball runs one way, the other guys, unless they run in reverse, I mean, the other guys really not that involved in it he has a responsibility to do or but if you're the backside corner or backside receiver i mean you've seen a receiver mm-hmm. grades like how do you get a minus as a receiver you know drop the ball I yeah mean, that's about it you know otherwise if you run your 10 yard route or run your 15 yard route or whatever it is then well you've kind of you know done your assignment so um 
you know, if you drop the ball, then obviously that's yeah. that's a minus. But so I'm just saying there's a difference between and so really a lot of those plays are let's call them zeros. I mean yeah. they're really not gradable plays. You want the plays. What's the grade on the plays where the player's actually involved in the play? So for corners and wide receivers, uh, their opportunities are a lot less than for interior linemen, linebackers, uh, guys like that, quarterback. I mean, on a running play, unless he misses the handoff or something, I mean, he's really not, not really, he could screw the play up. I'm not saying that. But generally speaking, that, that play now belongs to the runner. It's a passing play, and then that play belongs to the quarterback. So when you get one of those disastrous plays, players, ex-players have told us, no names, that you like to show video to everybody. Is, are there certain guys that you know that you can play the video, and that player is going to learn from it and improve? And there are other guys that you're a little bit concerned that if you show it in front of everybody else, as opposed to maybe sitting and talking to them privately? Well, I, I think I think that, that's a great question, Glenn. I think that that's a great question, and I think the answer to that question is, um, if if you have a team of eleven people on a particular play, um, and something goes wrong on that play, right? Then, how, how look? There's the one person who made a mistake, but there's ten other people too that you're also coaching. So. When something goes wrong on a play like that, your immediate reaction of if you're one of the 11 players on the field is, you know, did I do something wrong? Um, should I have been there? Should I have had that? Should I have done this? Uh, and so I think there's a lot to be said to making sure that we understand who made the mistake. Like, okay, this is, you know, this is Belichick's fault. Everybody else is okay. You have to get this corrected. Or there's times where I've said to the team, look, this is just – this is just bad coaching. This is a bad play in this situation. I'm not going to call this again. This is my fault. Just forget about this one. Okay, this is my, this is on me. All right, let's let's move forward here. And you know, I'm not going to call this again in that situation. I put you in a bad spot. That's just as bad coaching. Um, and a lot of times, players will come off and say the same thing. It's like, look, I screwed this up. I I should have made the play. I was right there. I missed the tackle. Call it again. I'll get it the next time. Okay, great. Um, and then there are the ones that sometimes are a little bit harder to determine. Well, I. I was doing what I thought I was supposed to do. Next guy's doing what he thought he's supposed to do. Next guy's doing what he's supposed to do, and they gain 15 yards. Well, there's something wrong. We have to fix that. And so if I just take one guy over in a corner and say, hey, look, you just do this, well, then what about the other 10 guys? You know, Do they know that we have the problem fixed? Or Because if you don't identify what's happened wrong, then a lot of times another player will try to make an adjustment so it's everyone the same play again. Now he makes an adjustment because he does something different than he did the last time because he thinks it was wrong. Right. Right. So he now needs to know, okay, you're right, you're right, you're right. This is what's wrong. You have to fix it. And you have to tell the player that. You have to tell the other players that so that they know what's right and what's wrong. So was he sensitive? And then when you, uh, I'm sorry. Of course not. No, you weren't sensitive. No, I think right. I only messed up on one thing. <laughs> one thing. I think it was one oh, thing. You played. But the yeah, whole like no, you, the whole no, thing. You fell you, down that one time. No, that that's been well documented. Thank you again for bringing it up. Okay. I appreciate that. We have the video if you no, want to see Okay, it. thank you again for retweeting it. I, that makes me feel good inside. No, the, one of the questions was that you were, you know, the, I don't know who we were playing, but it was uh, uh you doing your normal thing on a Wednesday, okay, asking questions, and for some reason I thought. You, you expected me to know who the second string strong safety was, which I probably should have known, but because he went to Nebraska. I think that's what it was. He went to Nebraska or something like that. And I was like the one guy that I was like, eh, I don't have to know or worry about this guy. I think it was like a 
felt like it was like a okay, this guy's a second string strong safety, and you went to Nebraska, which is true. I, I went to Colorado. Yeah. Rivalry. Well, I don't know. You didn't know. I did not know. Yeah, yeah. Him. I think I gave you the uh what? But the next week, <laughs> but the next week, I bet you know those guys. Oh hell yes! Oh hell! So yeah. there's always something no, no, there's 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 said for no, that. No, exactly. Silver lining. That's, oh yes. Yeah, it's not what you don't know. It's what what it motivates it you worked. to do. Yeah. No, it worked. It definitely worked. Every now, when I go through my life, I always I'm always looking for the second string song safety. Did <laughs> <laughs> you read your? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna finish this off. All right. So uh, that was the question slash drive of the week. We'll see you next week, Bill. Have a happy Thanksgiving. All right. Thank same, you. Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, same, Enjoy same to you listeners. Week. Yep. Thanks. <laughs> See you. Bill Belichick right here on OMF.